Welcome to the Struggling Pastors Podcast. This is Tian Doan. Uh, today's uh, episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, I am on location with a friend of mine. We are in Orlando, Florida at a uh, pastor's uh, conference get-together. I'm here with a uh, veteran pastor, um, a friend of mine. His name is Jason Ashimoto. He's a pastor who, uh, uh, I'll let him tell, tell you his story, but we've uh, uh, been in the same circles for like two, 20 years or so, but mm. uh, we haven't, uh, this is the first time that we have actually got, to get, got together and, and started talking, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of similarities, so I want to introduce you to my, my friend, uh, Jason. Jason, how you doing? Good, good. Thanks, Tian. Uh, so, uh, Jason, this is the uh, Struggling Pastors podcast. You know, the, the listeners are uh, other pastors just like us. And um, the tagline is Real Conversations About Ministry and Life. So, uh, as we were talking yesterday, you were just sharing a little bit about your story, about what you're going through. So, can, can you just share a little bit about your background and, and what you're doing now in ministry? Sure. Um, first of all, I love the title of the podcast because I don't think there's any other, <laughs> any other type of pastor than a struggling one. Um, but uh, uh, I have, uh, I didn't grow up in the church. I started coming to church when I was in high school, and I've been actually at the same church ever since. Um, I uh, uh, went to seminary uh, in the same general location. Uh, I, I started interning at my church, and so I've been at my home, this home church for 25 years. I've been on staff, including my internship, about 15 and then about two years ago, uh, the senior pastor retired, and uh, uh, by, I think, the call of God, uh, got, <laughs> <laughs> got uh, installed as the new senior pastor here. So uh, I've really not known any other church context as far as a home church. I've not known another church context except um, this one. Yeah. So you're at uh, Evergreen Baptist Church mm-hmm. of Los Angeles. Uh, it's in Rosemead, California, and... Um, uh, one of the things that uh, you uh, you know I know I know uh, um, your your mentor predecessor Pastor Ken mm-hmm. Fong who's actually very uh, where, well well respected and 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 known uh, in our uh, in Southern California especially among the Asian American pastors. Um, so is is uh, Evergreen has been a very influential church in our community, and now that you you have some huge right huge mm-hmm. shoes to. To, to fill you you followed a one of the um, you know one of the giants in our uh, pastoral community and and so let, let, let's talk a little bit about that I mean uh, so this this is called the struggling pastors podcast and and um, can, can you share a little bit about some of the some of the your, your personal struggles and obstacles you face yeah especially stepping into this role as mm-hmm. going from uh, what were you you were intern Intern, youth, youth director. Yeah, I was an intern. I was a high school director, youth pastor, youth and college pastor, worship arts pastor, what we called faith development pastor. Uh, so all either assistant pastor positions or associate pastor positions. And then at the very end, uh, senior associate pastor and then senior pastor. When I um, uh, Actually, when I started as senior pastor, I was the second youngest person on our ministry staff. Okay. So it was kind of weird because I was a senior pastor. You and the youth intern. Uh, he, it was like a worship intern at the time, <laughs> yeah, uh, or worship assistant. So, and it's a, it's a, it's yeah. a historical church. It's been around for a long time. It's yeah. a, you know a, a corner piece in the in the Asian American community in LA. Uh, what what would you say is like the biggest change shift? 
um, between being an associate staff to mm. um, being the senior pastor? I think it's the amount of weight. Uh, uh, as we were talking yesterday, I mentioned that uh, <laughs> about a couple, a couple months before Ken retired and I was installed, uh, we were meeting and he said, so how are you feeling? And I said, it feels like every day there's more and more weight being placed upon my shoulders. Like I feel, I feel heavier every day. And he said, that's interesting. Every day I feel lighter. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know that that was just like, at that time, I didn't know that the weight was going to continue yeah. and, and perhaps even get heavier yeah. as we stepped into this. That it wasn't, I don't, at this point, I think we're two, little over two years in. I can't say for sure if the weight is going to get lighter. Uh, or if this is just, we have to <laughs> get stronger. You just might, yeah, you might just get, have to get stronger shoulders, right? Yeah, that might yeah. be, I don't know, I, I don't know either if the, the weight's going to get lighter. Um, and that's that's something that most um, senior pastors, I mean, most, most associate pastors don't understand about the mm. senior pastor role. That, like, I remember when I was a youth pastor and I was just, uh, you know, when you're in an associate position, you look at the senior pastor and you're like, you know what, I could do his job. <laughs> Like I could preach a better message. I could, and, and you, you think you could do, um, uh, you know, do a yeah. better job. But what you don't know is you don't know how heavy the burden is. Yeah. Like, it, it is. It is so different. I mean, um, how would you ex- um, explain that to a person, you know, who's thinking about uh, taking, moving from an associate role to a senior role? Like, how would you explain the difference? Uh, you know, one of my other mentors explained to me. Uh, who's also a, a senior pastor, a former senior pastor, and he said, "No one except a senior pastor knows that, what this is. Yeah. Like you can be an executive pastor, a senior associate that's been there forever. You just don't know because it just feels like everything's connected to you, um, and for better or worse, it feels like everything's your fault. <laughs> yeah, uh, or everything's going to be your fault. Yeah, uh, even the things that you have nothing to do with, people are going to." ask you about it. So if you're, if an assistant or associate gets in trouble or something happens, they're probably, or a lot of times they, they may not even go to that person. They'll come to you and say, Hey, what's going on? Uh, so it just feels like every decision you make just has these massive repercussions Yeah. from what you say. I mean, if you mess up and say something that's not PC or that was insensitive or a joke that was misplaced, even though you don't intend them to be insulting or hurtful if it is it 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 feels like it comes back on you you know in a very harsh way like even if the 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 youth intern or the worship leader if they do something wrong um it gets back to you it's your fault yeah 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 it doesn't matter who did what's wrong it's like it it all flows up to you yeah and uh, yeah people just really don't understand that i mean it's just um, yeah, the, the burden, you know, Paul uh, talks about, he, you know, mm-hmm. he, 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 he has these labor pains for the mm-hmm. people in the church that yeah. they mature and he has this, this weight. He talks about the, the weightiness of the ministry yeah. and he says, not, Hey, I, I encourage that not many of you should, uh, become teachers and pastors <laughs> and like, Hey, it's, it's not for everyone. I agree. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, um, actually because, um, uh, oh, it, you know, before when you're an associate, you know, you have, you know, your supervisors, so maybe you have one or two, maybe three, something mm-hmm. in larger churches. And I always, uh, for me, I always felt like, oh, it'd be nice to be able to be in a senior role because you have so much room for creativity. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. can implement this culture, create it, and it's going to be great. Yeah. So much freedom. Then when you get there, you realize you went from 
two or three supervisors to like hundreds. Yeah. Because now the whole congregation gets yeah. to speak to you. Everyone's your boss now. Everyone's your you boss. You can't ignore anyone yeah. now. So it feels in some ways like there's even less freedom. Yeah. What the higher you go, and I think as an associate or an assistant, you just it, there's no way to see that or experience that until you get there, and yeah. then you realize, oh, this is different. So, um, have you sensed more, um, criticism and like, like, uh, like things, uh, maybe personal, um, not, I wouldn't say attacks as, as, as people being mm. intentionally like trying to be mean, but ha- have you seen, um, people, uh, more so now in this role that, that there are more, uh, criticism towards your leadership mm. or your style? Have you seen that? Yeah, I, th- I think and I, I I love my congregation. I don't think there, uh, I don't think there's any criticism that doesn't come from a good place. That's that, that's you know most of it. I think yeah, comes they're from not a good being place. mean or malicious. Not being mean, but I think like you know there's this. Um, they want to well, I think because of the relationship between the senior pastor and the and the church, you in a lot of ways represent them, and so they are trying to give advice because now all of a sudden you're the one person that that represents the entire community. Yeah. Whereas before, they didn't really care as much because you didn't, you didn't carry that kind of uh, representation with you. Yeah. Let, yeah. Me, let me ask you a question. This might be fresh. So if you want to say, uh, you know, hey, I, uh, next question, uh, you, you're perfectly welcome to do so. But uh, in the past two years, has there been a, a certain situation that you look back, you're like, ooh, I wish I had a do-over on that one. Like, let me give you an example mm. for you to think about, okay? I had a friend that, that, that took over uh, a, a old church, old dying church, and the first thing that he did is he, he went down into the basement of their church, and he was like, what is all this junk doing there? Let's clear it out. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things he did was he held a, a, uh, a rummage sale mm-hmm. of all the old stuff in the church, you know, old and all these things that they've been saving, and he got so much flack from that because these are like, you know, you know, uh, you know, uh, Sister Gertrude, uh, you know, uh, did that, uh, hand knitted that quilt, and how that old pulpit was built by Brother Bob, and how dare you sell it for, you know, seven dollars or whatever, and and he he kind of never recovered from that. Mm. Like that was like one of the first things, and and you know, a year or a couple years after that, he, you know, he moved on, and uh, you know, he's still in ministry, but. Uh, um, um, so uh, I know for a fact that he, he would have probably uh, um, gone slower with that mm-hmm. and not, you know. So mm-hmm. in the past two years, since it's kind of fresh, is, is there looking back, like, would would there be a couple of things that you you would say, you know what, um, I, 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 yeah, I wish I had a do-over for that one. Can you think of anything? You know, right now, I feel like everything I've done there we're going to see in the next <laughs> in the next two years whether, yeah. I, whether I regret it or not. I think I have a tendency to be more cautious. And so if uh, in that context that you talked about, yeah. I would probably hold on to the stuff for another two years and yeah. then be like, okay, is, is Sister Gertrude still alive? Yeah. Then we sell it. But I think what, uh, what all, if, if there's anything that I'll regret, maybe it'll be maybe not moving fast enough. Okay. So, um, yeah, there's yeah. a balance there, yeah, right? It's totally. It's it's a lot of in- intuition of like feeling out the the situation and figuring out is this what do you have to do and when do you have, when yeah is the best time. Well, that, that sounds really wise. I mean, like just your philosophy. Where um, did you have people, you know, mentors or other people, maybe um, you know, uh, church leaders, uh, helping you with that transition, going slow, or was it just your personality of, of 
Just look how you look at part leadership. of it's my personality. Part of it's I, when I got into the stepped into this, I met with a lot of people that had been doing this for a long time and got mentors, spiritual directors. Was part of a lot of groups, and I think a lot of them prepared me and said, "This transition, even though the church is going to feel like oh, it's only for like a year, it's really going to be about five to seven years." Yeah. Yeah. Because how long was Ken there? Ken, I mean, as a senior pastor. Oh, Maybe like 15, a, 18 years, something oh, like longer that. Longer than that, yeah. Uh, um, uh, so, but he was there as an associate for like 10 years yeah, before that. Yeah, so, yeah. altogether, he was there for 25 something, almost yeah, 25 yeah. years. Yeah. So, yeah. You, you're coming in from a, you know, taking over from a very beloved mm-hmm. pastor, long tenured pastor. And um, like most of these people, that's the only pastor they've known, yeah. right? Yeah. And you're coming in, even though he was your personal mentor, you're, you're not Ken. You're different, you know. Ken, Ken, uh, you know, he's he's a good communicator. I mean, he's mm. spoken in front of how many people was at Urbana? Like twenty thousand, uh, thirty thousand yeah. people, right? If <laughs> yeah. you could hold attention to uh, of an audience of of you know a stadium, uh, you're a pretty good teacher. So um, uh, now all of a sudden you got little old Jason, youth intern. You know, who was raised here mm-hmm. at this church? Now he's, you know, how, how do you, how how did you uh, handle that? The, the 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 pressure following in Ken's footsteps. Uh, you know, I knew it was going to be hard, and I think I when I stepped into this, that was one of the big reasons I didn't want to take the job, is mm-hmm. because uh, it just seemed like it was not going to be an easy transition for me. Uh, I think what <laughs> what got me to do this was that it just felt like God was saying, like, well, I think you're the one mm-hmm. for this. Um, but yeah, it felt like I would have to grow into these shoes, uh, whether or not everyone always says like, you don't have to be him, don't worry. But then there's all these, these like implicit things that, yeah. you know, kind of point to that, Oh, we're, we're kind of hoping that you would have done it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm like, well, that's because maybe Ken has done it that way for 25 years. So it's become like part of the culture. Um, so it's, I think it's been, it's difficult because you feel like, even though you want to grow into this and make it your own, it's going to take a long time for people to understand. Uh, we're all every senior pastor is different, and every culture that you create is going to be different. And so, um, I'm sorry. Did did I uh, was that did I answer the question? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, like um, uh, unfortunately, you know, two years two years afterwards, there the church. Uh, there's a number of people who have, uh, you know, uh, left the church and gone to other places that mm. were very committed to, to uh, Pastor Ken, who, you know, they, they didn't necessarily um, throw rocks at you mm. uh, as they're leaving, but, uh, you know, the numbers, you know, some of this, the people have been there a long time, some of them have left. Um, like, how, how do you feel about that? How do you, you know, when, when you look at that situation, yeah. how yeah. do you, uh, you know, I, I don't know, how do you deal with that? Do you take that personally or you're like, um, yeah, what, what, what do you do? Yeah, I think, and know, a lot of them are older than you, right? Because Ken, I don't know, he's 60 yeah, yeah. something years old and yeah. you're, you're 30, how old are you? 40. You're 40. So, you know, there's 25 years difference between you yeah. guys and he was reaching out to a gener- a different generation. Yeah. And, um, but a lot of the, a lot of the solid families, um, they kind of started trickling elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So how, you take that personally or do you feel, how do you feel about that? No, I, I mean, I feel like it's to be expected that people, you know, people are attached to a certain leader. And so some of them follow him. Some of them felt like this was just a good time to have transition in their life and, and, and look for a different church. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't, 
I try not to take it personally, even though I think there's always a part of it that does because like, yeah. you, the the church is your it's your it's your work, it's your passion, yeah. it's your baby. So when people leave and are unsatisfied, you feel bad because you feel like you failed them in some way. Yeah. Um, Do people tell you, or you uh, just they just disappear and then all of a sudden sometimes they'll, they'll tell they'll say something. Sometimes they'll disappear. I think for an Asian American, predominantly Asian American context, they tend to just slip out the back door because yeah, they, they don't ghost you. you. They ghost yeah, you. They, <laughs> they ghost you. Uh, some, you know, they'll meet with some, it's great. I've had a, a, one guy meet with me and just say like, Hey, this isn't for me. You know, uh, just want to let you know. And I really respect that. You know, we parted on really good terms. Yeah. Um, you don't want to see them at the market, uh, you know, uh, six months later and feel awkward, right? Yeah. You want to be able to like, Hey, how you doing? How, you know, yeah. how are the kids doing instead of like, where have you been? Yeah. You know, yeah. We, yeah. You, you used to be, uh, you know, uh, doing a lot and, 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 you know, so they're, they're hiding from you and they, you know, you don't want, you don't want that either. <laughs> yeah. Right? I think that's, it's hard nowadays because the trend that we've been seeing is that people don't come to church every week. Yeah. So when people are like, Hey, you know, we left, but no one said anything. It's because, well, part of it is like, we didn't know if you were just coming like yeah. once every couple months or if you actually left and no yeah. one said anything. So that's, that's what's difficult nowadays is that I'm not sure if people have left or not. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that that, that that's yeah. true. Because they'll show up for Easter or Christmas, and they'll be like, "This is my church," and you're like, "Oh, well, I haven't seen you for three months." Yeah, but. yeah. Um, looking back, uh, how would you say that you are a, a uh, that you've grown, or that you are a different person today than you know the Jason that was uh, associate pastor? Like, how how have you grown? Uh, uh-huh. You know, what perspectives uh, are different now? How, how did you grow through those those growing pains, those struggles, those obstacles? I think I think really, and I'm still figuring out how to how to not keep everything so personal. Uh, one of the guys I I met with, uh, who's a VP at one of the VPs at Fuller, he he uh, he told me he's like Jason. When when people are mad, they're not mad at Jason. Hmm. They're mad at the senior pastor, and that was really helpful for me because. He said, like, they're not going to come to your house and, like, throw rocks at your window, hopefully. You know, they may be mad at the senior pastor, but they're not mad at your family. They're not mad at your children. They're not mad at you as, as a person, you know. And I, that's been helpful to kind of keep that in mind. Um, so to constantly tell myself, you know, like, this is, uh, you carry this weight as the position, but as a person, like, you can, in a way, you can kind of separate that. Was like they're not gonna, they're probably not gonna come and throw rocks at your your house when you come home from work, um, even though they may be mad at your decision here. But so that's that's part of the growing process, I think, is figuring out like how do I how do I live with myself and my bad decisions and my good decisions and still like come home and and be you know be present with my family and not bring this work home with me. But uh, it's hard because if I have a stressful day at work, coming home and you know, trying not to take it out of my family if, you know, yeah. if, if, if I'm short-tempered or, or something. Yeah, this is probably uh, still fresh because, uh, you, you know, um, you have uh, you have twins. You got two girls that are about three years yeah. old, right? Yeah. So they were just born when you were starting this process yeah. Yeah. Of, of transitioning. Yeah. So, um, you know, young family, new kids, all of a sudden new role. And, man, that's just a lot of change all at once. And all of a sudden... Your wife is now the you know uh, 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 pastor's wife senior. Like there's a whole other burden on her too, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Ha- has has there been any? Have you noticed any change? Um, you know, with uh, um, even in her role with 
with with um, you know her experience with church have you know her has her community changed they see her a little bit different <laughs> yeah uh, I I think they probably see her a little bit different um, she is very under the radar and so I have uh, Ken and uh, Sharon Fong to thank for that is that they created this culture where the the pastor's wife is not expected to be the Sunday school superintendent, yep. you know, and, and uh, so she's been able to fly under the radar. People don't know who she is, yep. which is nice because she said she can kind of yep. uh, be in these situations. Because she, she's in ministry and, outside the church, right? She, yeah, she works at Fuller Seminary. Yeah, yeah so she's, out, she, she's in ministry, but outside yeah. the church. Um, and like, you know, your predecessor, uh, Ken Fong's wife, Sharon, she was, uh, well, she's an executive at, at a bank or something yeah, like that, yeah, right? Yeah. So she was, she was working, yeah. uh, and you know, had her own career. So yeah, that's probably yeah. really helpful. Yeah. Uh, there's not that, that pressure. But, but you know, there's still like, I think even if there's not a pressure to perform or be something at church, there's still the stress of the family. I think at least for me comes in when. You know, I'm expected to go to all these things, yeah. you know, because you have to represent the church or you have to just show up and make an appearance. And so there's a lot of things where now I'm like, I have to do this. This person passed away. It doesn't matter what we had planned. We, ha I have to show up at this funeral and I have to do it. You can't send the youth into I can't send anybody else. Like there's only one person that <laughs> yeah, can do you, it, you know? Yeah, you're and the so, senior pastor. Yeah, so she knows, she gets it. But then she, you know, there's still the disappointment of like, oh, well, I had, I'd hoped we could have done this as a family today but I know that you have to go. And so there's that tension of like trying to find another time then to like make it up to her or to like, um, you know, still have that family time uh, elsewhere. Yeah. It seems like you're just jumping into the fire the last couple of years here. Yeah. <laughs> it feels a little like Chernobyl sometimes. Yeah. Like, your fall is this thing ever going to stop burning? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, if you could go back maybe two, three years, uh -huh. and have a conversation with your younger self um, and, and, and uh, not tell them, don't do it, other than say, don't do it. <laughs> um, and uh, because that younger self probably wouldn't listen to you anyways, right? Yeah, if yeah. you could go back but have a conversation with your younger self and warn him about a couple of things or prepare uh -huh. him, give him a few words of wisdom, like what, what, what would you say to, to better prepare him for, for this job? Uh Hmm. I think, well, first of all, I would say, because my, my situation, I transitioned from one position to the other, and there was no time mm -hmm. uh, to transition. Uh, so I would say, ask the board if you can have a three-month sabbatical before you start, hmm. just to have some time to pray, to vision, because it felt like hitting the ground running. It was... Uh, like you didn't even close out your old responsibilities, no, right? No, actually, um, and I had been... Uh, our previous youth pastor had left, and so I had stepped in because Ken had asked me to step in as an interim youth pastor. And so I was almost functioning as like a youth pastor and a senior pastor at the same time, which was really difficult. I felt the youth youth ministry got shortchanged because of that. But, um, you know, just to have that time, even just a, a, just a little bit of time to to restart and to step into this position new, I think would have really helped Um if we had worked out some sort of agreement with, yeah. with the church. Yeah, that sounds wise. I mean, that's yeah. very practical. A anything else? Anything else just to prepare you for it? You, you talked about this as being a weight, a burden yeah. of things. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think uh, to have, you know, just to have a lot of mentors and 
spiritual directors, uh, therapists, you know, that, that uh, I think those things right off the bat would have been helpful. I feel like I'm trying to get all those things now, um, which is good, but uh, just to have them as I'm going in, as I'm stepping into this, I think that would have been helpful to, to start off in, already in those relationships. Yeah, yeah. I'm big on the, uh, the therapy. Um, that, that my wife and I went through... Uh, a uh, couple, uh, two-year, uh, was it two-year, three-year soul care institute with a number, a group of other pastors, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and that was tremendous uh, just to go through that experience. And we went through some personal uh, um, care- counseling also. And mm-hmm. I think we waited way too long. You know, we've been in ministry for a long time. I, I would really recommend that because, um, you know, sometimes you you uh, tending to the church, you kind of ignore the you know to tending the fires at home you kind of ignore those things and you let things kind of fester and grow or and and sometimes you just need to you know and counseling um and therapy really just puts it on the table and makes you more aware of it yeah Yeah. right so yeah um, that's that's really wise real wise words yeah i think um i mean now that you say that you know i one of the probably one of the advice or some of the advice i'd give my earlier self would just be like don't don't bring the junk that you experience in the office or at church home with you. Wow. Like that, you know, even, even though, cause I think it manifests in just like losing your temper. Yeah. And I feel like, well, that's, that's the thing where I have to con if I have to constantly tell myself, like, don't take it out on these people who yep. don't, <laughs> they're not, it's not yeah. their fault. That's what youth interns are for. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You gotta yeah. like, you gotta bring them in at five o'clock every, every night. So like, let me yell at you for a while, and then you go home. You're happy. Like, you just like, and the youth uh, guy's like, man, what am I getting myself into? I don't have a youth intern. I need, I need <laughs> you just one. need a guy to yeah. beat up on. Me, yeah. <laughs> you don't need a therapist. You just need a youth intern. Yeah, just to start yelling at. <laughs> um, so you you talked about having mentors. So the, one of the things that is difficult for you is that you are um, you succeeded your mentor. You know, the guy who mm-hmm. who brought you along, who who was your pastor. Who, and we're similar. My father-in-law was my yeah, mentor, yeah. Um, um, and our pastors are actually their best friends, right? Yeah. Steve and Ken, yeah. their best friends. So, so um, he was your mentor. Uh, he was your boss, and now, now you've taken over for him. Mm-hmm. And it's real awkward, uh, you know, that that he can't be your mentor anymore because um, you're. It, it's really difficult. Like you can't yeah. tell him all the stuff because it. You know, um, like like because it's his baby too, yeah, yeah, right? And yeah. he's he's gone off, and and there's a reason why he retired. He doesn't want to hear all the you know, all the stuff. So so uh, uh, what about that in this stage? Like you, you know, you you've gained this new position and all these responsibilities and weight, and then you've lost your mentor, yeah. right? So like like yeah, what have you? Um, intentionally been more connected, or or you 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 feel like yeah, where are you at with that? I feel like, you know, for at least for me, what I felt was important was that we, in order for this to feel like it was authentically me in this position and not uh, just uh, another version of Ken, which I think some people expected and mm-hmm. may still expect me to be, uh, was that I, I just had some good boundaries for myself and that what, was, what I was taking in was from people that were not Ken. Mm-hmm. Because I'd done it for 25 years, loved it. I felt like I, a lot of me is, has been formed by Ken's ministry. Mm-hmm. So I'm intensely grateful for that. Um, but uh, I felt like oh, it's a new season. I want to, this to be uh, 
this to be new for everybody, for myself and the church. And so um, I intentionally have tried to seek out counsel from people that are, uh, that are different, that are new, that, that also I highly respect, uh, and uh, just be able to feel like everything is, is fresh, that there's the, the former sh- stream of water is, is not flowing into hmm. Evergreen at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as you look forward, in the next couple of years, you say, "Hey, uh, next couple of years, you're going to see, you know, uh, how how your the decisions you've made thus far, how they're going to come out." Mm-hmm. So, in the next couple of years, like, what do you anticipate some of the challenges or obstacles are are, are going to be? Is it is it you know creating a new culture, a new vision, like yeah. people under you, or or what is it? Or is it just survival? And what what, what is it? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, as the title of the podcast, yeah, it's like it does feel like you're you're struggling. I mean, this is a 95 year old church. My hope is that I can last till a hundred and then, you know, just let God take it. But, uh, <laughs> I, but I, I feel like that's short term goals. Yeah, it's just I like mean, survival. Like, it seems very superficial, but now that I'm, cause when you're an associate, you're just like, you're just like, Oh, you know, if you, if the church fails, who cares? Because you're just doing this for Jesus. But yeah, yeah. when you're in it, you feel the weight of like, no, nah, but this actually matters to yeah. people here there's a legacy there's there. a legacy and that's important too especially in an asian american context yeah so yeah i do want to make it to 100 years you know i do want to celebrate the legacy that god has uh, given us uh, so i think a lot of it's survival i mean we have a capital uh, or uh, a retire the debt campaign for our campus that uh, you know um, we have to we have to pay off this yeah. debt from years before uh, we're navigating uh, the differences between our congregation, uh, theological differences, because we're dealing dealing with uh, LGBTQ inclusion at this point, and so that is in itself just a, it's a very uh, volatile topic. Yeah. And so to navigate that, try to and keep that was the something together. Ken was passionate about that topic. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you've inherited yeah. that, and there's a lot of messiness. Yeah. Uh, so and then uh, you know one thing with, with uh, you know my 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 mentor uh, Steve Langley. Before he retired, um, you know, he made sure that the uh, the the debt on their uh-huh. building was was paid off, and then he, you know, he rode off into the sunset. Uh, but you know, you got you got to figure that out, right? You, yeah. So you yeah. you're inheriting that. Uh, those two, those are big bombshell things. I mean, financial debt, but also you know, uh, gay lesbian issues that that. Um, uh, where does a church stand with this? Because there's people on all, all different mm. on the spectrum of of, of that. Because mm. you're you're you know, LA is such a diverse place. There's people who are soup like the most liberal person, but also, uh, especially in Asian American context, there's super traditional conservative people, mm. and and they're all in one church, which is great and beautiful. But man, that's difficult, right? Yeah, yeah, it's that's, and that's the difficult thing is because there's there's such a, a there's poles, you know, there's really polar opposites even uh, within our church that tends to be still a, a little more progressive. Still within there, there's there's different sides, and we really are valuing trying to keep everyone together. So how do you do that moving forward? Um, that's that's difficult. It's like weaving the, you know. Yeah, and Ken was very, uh, he, he, I think he had a gift of, of communicating to a mm. broad group of people. Yeah. You know, not just, not just one, one little stream, uh, uh, but like, so it, that's really, that's really diff- difficult. Um, yeah. Um, 
yeah, we'll be praying for you the next couple of years. <laughs> Thanks. That's, those are big, those are big uh, things. So let me ask you uh, uh, one last question. Uh, we're getting up on our time here. Um, okay, uh, so just, just for our listeners, okay? Uh, uh, if there's a pastor out there who's in a similar situation that is moving from associate to, to senior role, like what advice would you give them if you were like, hey, brother, like, let me, let me sit you down, you know, let me tell you a couple of things that you, need, you should uh, pay attention to. Like, what practical advice would you give that pastor? I'd say get as much help as you can, yeah. <laughs> whether it be uh, psychological, e- emotional. Um, what's really helped me is having a lot of people that I can talk to. Yep. Ma- in the church, outside? Uh, mostly outside. Okay. Um, but in the church too, but, but, but uh, I'd say who, who are these outside? They're just peers, other pastors? Mentors, or just... mentors peers, other pastors, other, pe- other senior pastors or yeah. pe- people in more like higher level yeah. leadership They've because they'll it. know that kind of pressure. Yeah. And so to me, I, I mean, I meet with, a, I think a lot of people have multiple mentors, multiple coaches, That's kind great. Of, um, you know, spiritual director looking for a therapist, you know, so the more people I think you can surround yourself with, the more it allows you to carry the, the burden because yeah. you can't, you can't do it alone. Like, you know, even talking with you, it, you know, it helps yeah. because you feel like, oh, someone else is. Yeah. I feel you your know. pain, brother. I feel, <laughs> I feel it. We could like cry in yeah. each other's shoulders after this. Yeah. Um, just joking. Um, the, you mentioned, you mentioned, um, having, uh, you know, a group of, of pastors and mentors and, um, what about, what about I- internal things like, uh, you know, any, any soul care issues that, uh, that you would just really encourage a person who's entering into this? Yeah, I think, I think really, um, really knowing that, that God has called you particularly like that, yeah. that there's really, he's chosen you for a reason. Yeah. And I feel like spending time, you know, in, in just in, in, solitude with God and like letting him speak that into you to remind you because there's nothing else I think that I don't know at least for me that will keep keep you on this job it's not the money there's I, I think you know not even a lot of fame there's I don't think there's any fame in being pastor these days so the, really the only thing that that really drives you that's like intensely meaningful or, or really meaningful is the fact that God has crafted this position at this time for you and yeah. that there's something that you uniquely can bring to yeah. us. It, it's a calling issue at the yeah, end of the yeah. day. It's a calling yeah. issue, right? Yeah. So, man, that's really good. I'm, I'm glad we had this chance to have this conversation, uh, yeah, Jason. Uh, Jason's church is uh, Evergreen Baptist Church. Is it ebcla.org? Is that yeah, what it is? That's it. ebcla.org. If you guys are ever in the San Gabriel Valley area of Los Angeles, uh, check out Jason's church, Evergreen Baptist Church. So uh, my name is Tian Doan. Uh, this is the Struggling Pastors Podcast. Love to um, connect with you guys. If, if uh, you listeners out there lo- um, want to connect with us, leave us a comment. Uh, you can go to uh, our website, strugglingpastors.com. Leave us a comment or a question, and we'll, we'll try to answer this. In the future, we're, we're, I'm going to be doing um, some more uh, interviews of uh, pastors just in different stages of life and just learning about, you know, what, what are the struggles that other pastors have and uh, you know, like Jason was saying, like, um, the re- like the reason why we're calling this the Struggling Pastor Podcast is that um, I haven't met a pastor that isn't struggling with something that, you know, you, maybe you're struggling with your church, you know, your church is small or you're, ch- you're, you're struggling with 
um, with budget or you're struggling with, uh, hey, if God blesses you and there's a lot of people and you're struggling with growth issues, right? Um, or, you know, you're struggling with space or, you know, and having enough volunteers. Like, or if ministry is going well, you know, you're struggling at home or you're struggling with the kids. You know, so pastors are, are it's very unique because, you know, um, pastors are always struggling in some areas. So we want it to be, we want to create this uh, podcast, this website to be a community for other struggling pastors. So uh, reach out to us, strugglingpastors.com. And if you would like to, uh, uh, if you're interested, I'm, I'm looking for guests also uh, on the, uh, on the uh, Struggling Pastor podcast. So yeah, um, reach out to us. If you're interested on on the website, strugglingpastors.com. So uh, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time.